Hello and welcome to The Joy of Writing. I'm your host, Mark Carew. In this series, I will be talking to authors about the fun, the satisfaction, the joy they get from writing novels. It's a pleasure to talk with Sally Harris again, author of Haverscroft. I asked her about life post-publication and her approach to writing book two. So, Sally, what have you been up to after the publication of Haverscroft last year? Uh, well, it was surprisingly busy. Um, I, I anticipated there would be a book launch with great uh, excitement, I think, as most writers do. And that, that followed very quickly on after the, the publication day in May. Um, but there were a lot of things that uh, I hadn't anticipated. So um, I've done some events with other writers at Salt, which have, has been really good. Yeah. Um, an event with um, Amanthe Harris in London when she, her book was coming out. Um, and Salt were uh, or are celebrating 20 years of publication. And they had an event at the National Centre for Writing to celebrate. That was last June. So there was me and three other SALT writers and Chris and Jen Hamilton Emery, who was SALT. Um, yeah. uh, so that, that was good. That was really interesting. So we're lucky to have a lot of literary things in Norwich, like the National Centre for Writing and UEA are here. So it's quite a literary place. Yes, the famous creative writing course at UEA. It is, yeah. yeah so uh, and Norwich is, uh, is that a, a city... Uh, a literature festival city or something like that or UNESCO city of literature uh, yeah UNESCO city so it has mm. been probably for about 10 years or so now yeah. so there's quite a lot of lit literary things go on here which helps so um, things like that event at the writers centre um, you know lots of writers come together or people that are just interested in it so that's really lovely if you, if you live, live locally so that was a good event to do um, then uh, one of the surprising things was the interest of libraries. Um, there's, we've, again, we've got uh, the Millennium Library, which is one of the big national libraries in Norwich. But a lot of the, the outerlying libraries, the small country ones, um, such as uh, where have I been to, um, things like Akel and um, places that a lot of people will not have heard of unless they're local yeah. Norfolk and Suffolk invite writers along um, and you, you know, have quite an informal chat with people that are interested they look at the book occasionally they'll they'll buy a book even but it's mostly just sort of to spread the word but yes. those are some of the nicest events they've been very very friendly very relaxed uh, and I have so as, as a debut I hadn't realized that 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 was something that would happen so they've no. been very it's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? And uh, how did you take to them? Do you, I mean, do you like public speaking and reading from your book and answering questions from the audience? Um, that's a mixture, really. Um, I have to say, if I just had to stand up and public speak, I would think, oh, gosh, that's hideous. But actually, when it's come to discussing the book, I found it much easier and much more enjoyable. Uh, I still find it quite tricky reading from the book. I'm not sure why that is. I think it's quite exposing, really, isn't it, for a writer yeah. to put your work there. Um, but question and answer sessions have worked really well and have been really good fun. The first one I did was at my launch. So I had um, a lady, uh, Lindsay White, who uh, was a, originally a writing tutor, but she's a really good friend now. So she did the Q&A. 
uh, and obviously she knew the book very well she knows me very well and that was a lot of fun and very very early on uh, with the launch but um, I did one at Waterstones as well that was in October sort of around Halloween Havers Crofts a ghost story uh, and again that worked very well that was someone from the UEA actually was doing the Q&A so those yeah. are quite easy to do because the you're not there on your own. You've got the person asking the question. And as long right. as they don't ask anything too tricky, that, uh, that can be good fun. And what did they ask you? What, what, what sort of things did they want to know, either about you or the book? Um, I work full time, so a lot of questions are about how on earth have you got, managed to write a novel? Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, and what's the novel about? And why did you write a, good, a ghost story? Why is it set in Suffolk, which is from where I was born? So it's yeah. those general questions. And then um, the questions that go out to the audience, they can be absolutely, completely random. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you have to be on your toes a little bit with them. That was my experience. You can get asked absolutely anything, <laughs> which yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is quite quite fun. Um, but that's, that's great that it wasn't an ordeal, so you had plenty of these types of things. And then, I suppose the more intense ones must have been the radio slots that you did. Yes, I mean, the first one I did was um, pre-recorded, which was purely luck, because the ones mm -hmm. that came after that were just done uh, on the hoof as such. Um, but suddenly, you know, you're, you're asked in your lunch hour from my full-time job to race up to Radio Norfolk and just do this slot with this uh, uh, radio chap you've heard of on the radio for years and years. But I have to say, uh, I've done three um, different radio slots, and they've all been very different. But the mm. three um, interviewers have all been lovely, really at pains to put you at, uh, at ease. Yeah. It's also reassuring when you realise that you know they've done their research, they know a bit about you, they've read the book. Mm. Uh, and I've enjoyed them with hindsight. Um, if I were to do them again now, I'd relax and enjoy them far more because there isn't actually anything to be scared of. They're just there. They want that to go out as an interesting article for their, their readers to listen to. So, um, again, that was a surprise. I enjoyed them far more than I would have anticipated. That's very good. Uh, what was the, the impact of having published your debut? novel on on your life or your thinking or your your you know your general feeling about i mean how did how did you feel after it all had come about um well because it, it's it's a, a a long process as you'll know so hmm. i knew i think it was september october time that the book was going to come out in the may so you've got that build up and anticipation and for me, certainly not really knowing what to expect that was coming, other than I would actually finally hold my book in my hand. Yeah. Um, but once it, uh, it comes out, I mean, the, the two weeks running up to it, I have to say I tried not to think too much about it because uh, anxiety can run away with you that this book's going to go out there and everyone will hate it and you'll be drowning <laughs> in terrible reviews. But once it was out and a few reviews came in and they were positive, and it seemed to get sort of its own head of steam. Mm. It's just been a really lovely experience. I, I really have enjoyed the ride, and Salt, as you will know, do make it a really positive experience. Right, definitely. Yeah, and that, I've that's just, good. 
sort of wandered through Norwich. I live in the centre of Norwich and bumped into people who I've known for donkey's years and they've come rushing up saying, I didn't know you had a book out, I didn't know you write. Yeah. And I've had conversations with people that I would never have, never have had. It's a, it's a lovely surprise to drop on someone because yeah. they, they look at you in a completely different light now and they go, wow, I just, you know, their, their mouth falls open, which, which is just a lovely uh, state to experience. Um, but, but personally, getting your book done and, the, you know, the debut novel, the first novel anybody ever gets published is, a, is an occasion. Did, did it change anything about you? Did it alter any part of the road you're on? Or was it just like, well, this is great, and then you're carrying on? Um, no, I think it does confirm um, that you can do it. I mean, mm. all debuts, you know, you're, you're writing this thing probably for years and years, not yeah. knowing whether it will ever get out there, whether you're completely wasting your time. Right. Um, so you get that confirmation that um, at least Salt thought it was good enough to put out there. Um, yes. And then as readers like it, I mean that's a lovely experience. Things that even on social media, people will just tweet and say, you know, I loved your book. Mm. I think that that's been a big thing for me, just confirmation that the story I've loved and lived with for so long um, has been validated, I suppose, in, in many yes. ways. It is, um, it is a validation, isn't it? It's someone uh, you know respected, and more than one person will be saying, yes, you you you've made it. The, the gate is opening, and you may yeah. walk through. Yeah, yeah. No, that, it, does, it does feel a bit like that. You've sort of been putting mm. your head against this huge brick wall, and suddenly it does fall away, and you can sort of move on to the next stage of writing. Yes, it's quite funny, isn't it? Um, so the next stage of writing, um, and the question is, what uh, what are you writing now? Um, well, I'm on a first draft of another uh, novel. Um, a ghost story again, um, yeah. and this time set on the Suffolk coast. Uh, I'm about three quarters of the way through now, so um, all the setup has been uh, established. I mean, it's a very rough thing with holes in it and notes to me, and you know this sure. doesn't work and whatever. But um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping to finish um, that last bit right at the end in the, in the next couple of months. What what about writing a novel that you learnt first time round? Do you think you're bringing through now? Are you changing, altering any writing practices the way you approach this? Uh, I very differently, I would say. Mm. Um, the first time round, and I still go to a, a writing group, and in fact we're skyping tonight because we can't meet anymore. Yeah, of uh, course. So we, we're meeting uh, on Skype instead. But I got very much sort of stuck at the beginning, trying to make the first three chapters very beautiful and lovely and, and work wonderfully. Um, whereas this time round, I have um, really pushed myself just to write the story um, and not get stuck at the beginning. So mm. I've got about 65,000 words, I think, now, what will be about 85,000 words. And that's taken me um, about four or five months to write, whereas yes. I would say that to get the full draft of the first novel probably took me two to three years because of all, all the fiddling about with getting it word perfect at the beginning. Yeah, um, that's still quite an efficient um, time it seems. Is that from conception to final draft? 
Oh, no, no, that would be, uh, I mean, I've thought the idea through for a long time, probably mm. two or three years, um, okay. and had notes and all sorts going on. Uh, and this is only the very, it's the first draft, so I've got things like, I know chapter three, it says this conversation is rubbish and not working, so I could <laughs> possibly give it to anyone to read. It's no. very first draft for me, my eyes only, and yes. then I'll go through it and bits and pieces I know have got to move around and all sorts, as you do with the first draft, really. Oh, yeah, yeah, it all, all moves around. Um, and do you do you leave it to sort of stew? I mean, is, is the way you write around the edges, you know, you, you know, work full-time and all, all of that, does that actually help in a way that you can split your mind um, into writing time and non-writing time and somehow the writing time benefits from that? It can do, um, particularly if you get stuck at a point um, and you go off, and off to work, because I think probably in the background you're not necessarily even aware of it, your mind is still churning over those writing issues and sometimes I'll, write, I'll walk to work or back and suddenly you, know, you have that moment where you think, oh for goodness sake, that's obviously how yeah. the novel should move forward. So it can help, but other times it can very much get in the way. Um, what I do is very much sort of, um, you know, my mind is busy at work all the time. So mm. in the evening I can come home and simply be mentally too tired to, to write, which is, that can drive me absolutely crackers, really. Um, but, you know, it's, each writer's got to find their own time within their own life. Uh, that's that's absolutely there. true. But did, did that frustration with not having the time to write, did that ever suggest to you, right, I'm cutting down my hours at work, or um, I'm booking a week away on a course, or just in a cottage somewhere? And... Yeah. In fact, I did that in November. Right. Uh, went to one of the Arbonne courses, the one up in um, Yorkshire, which was very mm. lovely. Um, and although you, you would say we've got a book out, you don't need to do a course, they've got quite a structured way of doing things. They have lessons in the morning or uh, meetings, should I say, if you want to go to them. And then afternoon and evening is free to write. And that just got me away from my very lovely family, who I love dearly. Um, <laughs> Better put that in. Just cracked on with the novel. I think I got, I certainly got to the sort of the first 25% of it done. So it was, it was moving forward by the time I left Yorkshire. Uh, in November, end of November, and then it had to wait till Christmas holiday for very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These these things. Uh, that's what it's like. It's quite sporadic, isn't it? Um, so you've had trials and tribulations. Um, it's interesting what you say about going for a walk and things suddenly uh, resolve. Mm. Um, and I found that so powerful um, for myself. It's a time to decompress and. Yes, and then you get these ideas, like you say, oh, it's obvious. You know, so, suddenly something happens and uh, in, in your mind and bang, there's the solution. It's just, I think, just free wheels, doesn't it, your mind? You're not um, mm -hmm. doing any particular task. And so, yeah, it's just all of these ideas come from I don't know where. No, that's one of the questions um, you get asked the most, like, where do your ideas come from? And you honestly say, well, I have no idea. I mean, my best analogy at the moment, which I stole from someone, I can't remember who, um, is like the imagination is like a compost heap. Mm. You know, you feed it up with all sorts of scraps of this and that, and, you know, one day you'll find something growing in it. Yeah. 
I think that's a very good analogy, really, because you know, where where do ideas come from? I suspect we absorb them from every every Everywhere. part. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And one of the other nice things about writing, um, I think, um, lots of people have found is that you're just more aware of a meaningful moment um, where you're going, "Oh, hello, I'm going to have that." I will record that mentally. This little oh. thing that's going on, or just, or certainly when you're writing something and you're in that story universe, then you, then you think, oh yes, that would fit perfectly. Does that happen to you, or is? Oh, very, very much. Um, mm. There's a character, in fact, in Haverscroft who's quite a nice guy, but I needed to, to make him uh, come across as slightly unsettled and nervous. He's not a very confident chap, um, and I was aware of a lady that I work with, I certainly won't name her, who has a particular habit or tick, um, which she does constantly, and Mr. Whittle <laughs> now does that. Okay. Um, and I don't think I would have thought of it myself, I just observed it on somebody else, but yeah. I think it does make you look at the world as well in a sharper way, because you yes. maybe have to describe a landscape or a brick wall, maybe, or something. Um, so I, I find it, does, it sharpens the senses. You're, you pay attention to all things going around. You oh, think. absolutely, absolutely. Have you actually met any of your characters walking down the street or, or out and about, and you sort of pull yourself up short and you go, wow. Yeah, that, that happened once in Marks and Spencers. I was queuing to pay, and there was a little uh, lady in front of me, an old lady, had a back to me, but she she didn't have a walking stick as Mrs. Havers has. But she banged the um, the uh, conveyor belt because the chap on the till was taking a while. Said something to him, I couldn't catch her. But she turned round and spoke to me, and I just oh my goodness, you are Mrs. Havers. She was a massively <laughs> dressed, and I, I was speechless for a little while. And after she'd gone, she's very friendly to me. I thought I should have. Photographed her. I was going to say, you should have got yeah. a little snap there. And said, you know, I'm afraid to say, whoever you are, you're, you're not who you are. You're, you're Mrs. Havers and you're <laughs> in my unpublished book as it was at the time. And that sounds like the start to book three to me. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yeah. Maybe, I don't know, or, or something. <laughs> who knows? Yeah. I mean, ideas come and go, don't they? But yeah. I mean, that's fabulous. I mean, it, fantastic to talk to you about how um, all this works. Um, I mean, the writing process is it's, it's uh, quite wide ranging, yet we do have all these commonalities, mm. which, which is fascinating to, to hear about. So, I mean, I can see that book two is going to get done within, I don't know, how long, how long do you need to finish it, do you think? Another year or less than a year? I, I, I would definitely need another year, definitely. Mm. And, and people that don't write just look absolutely shocked as if to say, well, why can't you get on with it? <laughs> if I'm saying a year, it's probably going to be longer than that, really. Mm. It depends on how polished it needs to be before I can send it out. But um, my two writing groups are absolutely invaluable. So like the yeah. scene, there's a bit that's clearly first draft is going in to be discussed this evening and um, you know, just to get a reaction from them and how the characters are working and you know what I hope is happening in that scene is coming forward. So I've got help at hand, but it, it does still take a long time. Yes. And I personally find I can't force it. 
So no, that's I... the other thing to realise. It's it's such a strange process. It's not it's not about writing a thousand or two thousand words a day, bang, and you're done. Um, yeah, it's it's quite a funny thing. But yes, great. Well, I, I mean, best of luck with it. I'm sure you're going to get this done, as you say. It's going to happen, and uh, that's just fantastic news. And I'm glad you've got a couple of writing groups who can uh, sort of uh, aid that process as well. Yeah, because otherwise it can be very isolating process. Yeah. And it's good, I think, to speak to other writers to find out that they also have struggles and you know mind blocks and things, so that you know what you're doing is is probably quite normal. Yes. Quite normal for writers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. It's been fantastic to talk to you. I'll be talking with Sally again when we will discuss advice she would give to budding writers and a review of a book that meant a lot to her.